0: of our solutions, family, partners, and friends. How's everyone holding up? The autumnal equinox is quickly approaching, which means on September 23rd, the sun will shine directly over the equator. So if you're looking to catch some rays, your best bet would be to lather up with some banana boat oils and find yourself on a beach along the coast of Ecuador. There you will get 12 hours and six minutes of direct sunshine. Anyway, welcome back to the Smart Asses. This is your host, Andy Erickson, and I'm here with the chapel wood to my smokehouse. Heartbreaker, Chris Earns. Heartbreaker, man. How are you holding up?
1: I'm really good today, Andy. How about you? I'm doing okay. Hey, do you do any smoking
0: yourself? Smoking meats?
1: I do not smoke meats, nor do I smoke. So neither.
0: I only ask because I'd much rather smoke with a cherry or an applewood than a hickory. A hickory seems to give me a little bit of acid reflux, but that's just a little education for you. But hey, bud, we have a special episode today. We're going to bring back a resident expert in alcohol, the alcohol with two carbons, a.k.a. ethanol, Dwayne Zilkowski. So let's get at it and give it a tasty. Papa Z, Dwayne, thanks for coming back in the studio to provide us some additional information on my favorite topic, ethanol, the consumable kind and the non-consumable kind. How you doing? Good,
2: good. Glad to share any knowledge I can. Let's kick
0: off an easy one probably for you. What are the different classifications for ethanol and how do regulatory requirements differ among them?
2: Yeah, the classifications are all set by the Trade and Tobacco Bureau. A lot of times you'll hear TTB. If you go to their website, ttb.gov, you can find the information. But if you start in the hierarchy chain, uh, as you get into the products we handle, the one that would require what's called a distilled spirits permit would be undenatured ethanol. So that is just straight grain ethanol that you and I can take home and make uh, alcohol in our garage with. The permit is required on that. There are some bonds that are required to cover that. You have a a set of specially denatured alcohols. Again, permits are required because the denaturant in those can be removed through a distillation process, thus separating out the products and you're back to having grain alcohol. The products we handle start out at the high end with undenatured alcohol. Nothing added to it. It's been purified. You would call it grain alcohol. Uh, You do need what's called a distilled spirits permit or a DSP to handle that. That's the government's way of tracking, charging taxes as they do to all the beverage folks because they want their share of the money out of that. From there, you can move into specially denatured alcohols, SDAs. Those are items that are denatured, but you are—you need the permit because you are able to distill those products, separate out the denaturant, and then you're back to having the grain alcohol and the denaturant separate. So you're back to the same situation. From there, they get a little more complex and you're adding other products It will not allow you to do any of the distilling, uh, you get into duplicating fluids, you get into proprietary solvents, you get into government formulas, uh, you get into a number of products where you're adding more than one denaturant. And once those are mixed, you cannot separate those. So permits are not required on those products.
1: Awesome, Dwayne. Thanks. F- Follow-up question there around the permit itself. That is that a permit The end user requires, the person purchasing the alcohol, the ethanol?
2: Uh, On the DSP, the permit would be required for anybody buying the product. So if we were buying that from a producer... We would have to have our DSP, and if we sold it as undenatured, the customer would have to provide us a DSP as well. Same thing with the SDAs, a little different. You need a buyer and a user permit, so we need the permit to buy. If we sell to a customer who's using it to make a product, they would either have to have the user or sometimes both permits to be able to handle the SDAs.
1: And remind me, DSP stands for?
2: Distilled Spirits Permit. So talk to me doing a little bit. The
0: TTV website is, can anybody go and get this information there? And like, what's all in there?
2: Yeah, let's say you're using an SDA 38. You could go to the TTV website. Within the TTB website, they have a section for SDA formulas. You can go and find the SDA 38 formula. It will give you options as far as denaturants that you can use. It will also tell you what type of application it can go into and what type of system. What I mean by that is it will tell you you can use it in a only in a closed loop system, an open vent system. You can use it in both. The TTB website spells those out, gives you all the information, exactly how, what and where you can use the product.
1: Awesome. Thank you. All right. So next question. C- can you give me a scenario or two where, you know, either me as a user or somebody in uh, in the chemical industry would would need to look this information up?
2: Yeah, it's a, it, it, everybody can get, the, can get the information. You go to ttb.gov. It'll lead you to the home page. There is a little search engine there that you can use to find it. I would say it's not the easiest website to get around. So for new people, it becomes a little difficult and we ask them if they have problems, come back to your sales rep, come to me. We can help you walk you through how to get to that point.
1: Okay, thanks Dwayne. Appreciate all the the info for sure, and it sounds like there's a ton of stuff on the TTB website, yet maybe a little hard to navigate. Any suggestions for somebody uh, that might be a little easier to get initial information?
2: Yeah, I think initial information would be Easiest to come to your Univar representative and talk with them. We're working and developing a repository to be able to answer and, and address questions that the customers would have. Training our folks, they can look at this. It's an easy find internally. It will help them as far as getting the proper direction, who they would need to contact, talk to within the TTB. We can make it simple by giving them that information and it will be available to all of our people here to use in the near future.
1: Awesome. Thanks. So Dwayne, appreciate the info. and want to thank you again, as always for joining. I think you are officially the guest with the most time on our show. So we appreciate your showing up and bringing the knowledge as you always do, especially on a subject like this, that can be uh, you know, a little more nuanced when you're working through permits and specific things with the government regulations. So thanks as always for walking us through that.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. All
1: right, everybody, that brings us to the end of our second episode with Papa Z, focused on regulatory and permitting in the ethanol world. I'd like to thank everybody for participating and thank everybody and our listeners for joining in. See you soon.
0: Smart acids, breaking things down for the chemicals and specialty ingredients market one born at a time. Smart Acids is part of the Univar Solutions Podcast Network.